Toasties. I'm Missy here with my bestie Johnsy. Hey y'all. She was just laughing at me because I hit the wrong button originally. I, I hit the play button instead of the record button. Welcome to our Toasted Shenanigans. This is already your second time doing this episode. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you guys are listening to this on a total different day that you probably normally wouldn't because we recorded a good 50 minutes of this and we're not sure how much actually went through. Yeah, we were doing it virtual, and it just kind of froze and was like, nope. And I don't know what happened to, like, half of it. We didn't even go back to listen to see if any of it was going through. No, we're just like, uh, we got to re-record we'll just, for them. We'll just start over. Yeah. And honestly, that is our fault. That is what we get for virtual. Yep. That was, was our, a sign. That was our sign that we need to fucking stop. Yep. God, my jacket's irritating the fuck out of me. Sorry. Um. Okay. You good? I sit still. You good? Before I hit the mic a million times. You will hit the mic regardless. It's a thing. We do it. It just goes bong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. So let's re- let's tell everybody what we're talking about because they didn't get to listen to the original. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> we are talking about Mr. Kurt Cobain and the conspiracy behind his death. And it's, it's, uh, there's a, a lot of conspiracy Yes. I mean, hell, what you heard, half of it, what we were starting to go through, there's, like, a lot behind it. It's like, what the fuck? There is a lot behind it, but there is what the media has to say about it, first and foremost. Yes. And this, as you were saying before, is not the media's take. No. So, as I as I started up, well, first off, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm going tried and true Moscato today. Oh, okay. Pretty happy. I figured. I thought I saw you pour some more barefoot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed a original, too, as well. Hazy little thing, IPA, but it's all gone now, so. Oops. We were ch- we were busy <laughs> we, chit-chatting beforehand. Yeah, we are just chilling. You know, having some shenanigans without y'all. Sorry. Sorry. Sometimes we got to have the shenanigans beforehand to have the real fun shenanigans. Exactly. Anywho, so Kurt Cobain, as we all know, he died way too young. And April 8th, 1994, Kurt Cobain was found dead by an electrician scheduled to service his home. This story, guys, is not about Kurt. It's just about the death and all the facts behind it. So the authorities and media wasted zero time to say Kurt Cobain had committed suicide without any kind of investigation. It was like they walked in, saw a shotgun blast to the head. Oh, he killed himself. That's so annoying. That's like so annoying that that's what they instantly went with. It should be law that you still have to. I would feel like. I thought it it is. I'm pretty sure it is. But with like everybody else, they normally have to determine whether it was actually a a suicide or not. Yeah. I thought that was just what happened. Like it was automatic, even though there are times where it's obvious suicide. Like they still investigate. They still have to find out like for sure if that's what happened. I get that there was a gunshot wound and all that other kind of stuff. But First off, it was a shotgun shot wound, mm-hmm. which I don't know if anybody knows how big a shotgun is. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But, and Kurt wasn't the big, he wasn't a... No, he was not a big man. He was not a big man. He's he was got like 5'9", 135 pounds. Was he 5'9"? I thought he was shorter than that. No, he's 5'9". At least that's what his 
death certificate said when I read it. No, I don't trust some of those things. Yeah, very true. Anyways. Anywho, what was that? Did you hear that? No, I mean, I did. No, I heard. You heard the thud sound? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. We'll just carry on. All right. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) So, like I said, I'm not here today to deliver a story. It is just straight facts. So you can come to your own conclusion whether you believe Kurt Cobain, you know, brought this upon himself or was there something a little bit more sinister about his death? Mm -hmm. Now, most of my research is mostly from Tom Grant's point of view, which was the private investigator that Courtney Love hired. Which is weird. He worked for her. That's weird. Sketch. But I found him to be the most honest and the most reliable as far as all sources as he didn't fall into what the system was saying or what the media was saying. He works off, like, common sense. And he follows his common sense. Well, being a private investigator, that's kind of the point is how he should he should be so i'm glad that he stuck true like when i hear a private investigator i feel like that's how they would operate well a lot of pis get a really like people like snub their noses at them because it's it's a pi they're stalkers yeah like my ex-brother-in-law was a pi and he's a fucking shitty pi i won't say his name but yeah don't hire him (laughs) y'all we're not gonna tell you who but don't Don't hire him don't hire him you can you can message me and I'll let you know. <laughs> but anyways, he had also been a cop previously. Mm-hmm. And it just he felt like it wasn't the right thing. He realized most people weren't honest, didn't work with common sense. So that's when he became a private investigator. This guy right here. Tom Grant. Yeah. Okay, Tom Grant. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of cops aren't honest. Look at us, Sulphur County. <laughs> Facts. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go back and re-listen to some episodes. Yep. Now, I also found it extremely sickening how many podcasts, and again, I'm not going to name any names, that when I listened to them about Kurt Cobain's death, that just went based on Wikipedia or what the media had to say. Like, because, of course, you know, start my research. You're going to Google what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I see all the articles that they're referring to. Mm -hmm. So, and then when you go and listen to them, it's like, I don't like this at all. I don't like the way it's, like, involving itself. Right. Because normally when I start my research, I will listen to a couple of podcast bits of here and there to see what was their take on it. Mm-hmm. Just to, like, help myself, and then I'll continue with my research. Yeah. I was extremely disappointed with this one, especially knowing who Kurt Cobain is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he means a lot to you. It means a lot to me. Oh, my gosh. I actually was so excited because at work, a little girl walked in wearing a Nirvana shirt. And I'm like, yes, sweetheart. <laughs> and you probably have no idea what the shirt is because it was very colorful. It was cute. But she had to have been like eight or nine wearing the shirt. It just made my heart happy. It brings you back. It brings me back. And like I said, she probably has no idea who they were. Probably not. But it's. Also really funny, and it reminded me of, like, when we were kids and we would wear, like, ACDC t-shirts, and, yeah. like, our parents would be like, do you even know who that is? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't going to come at her and be like, do you know who that is on your shirt? Like, name a song. <laughs> Aside from No, that's just rude. It is. Just... And, but, like, that's what I used to get a lot as a kid. Yeah. But I would never do that to her. I would just be like, nice shirt. I didn't say that to her, though. And then but I let you compliment. To. She'll probably, she may research it. Who knows? Maybe. 
Anywho, nothing about any of these episodes that I listened to were factual. It was mostly they were just very supportive of Courtney. Mm-hmm. And they were very, like, adamant on that Kurt Cobain didn't kill himself. There was, like, nothing. The facts just weren't there. Mm-hmm. They weren't established. So with that, we will begin with Tom's involvement in the case. And I hope afterwards you all go watch Soaked in Bleach. It is a documentary that Tom Grant um, released that was actually, um, he almost had to remove because Courtney Love was going to sue him over it. Gee, wonder why. But she didn't because it would have made the situation look a whole lot worse. Where can we find this documentary? I watched it on Prime. Fuck. I don't think I have Prime. You can use my Prime. Okay. Amazon didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't know if they do the password sharing problem yet. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, I'm here enough and you're part of the family. Just so, add it to my TV. TV. Nobody will know. <laughs> All right. So if you know anything about Courtney and Kurt, as you may know... They did not get along very well. And there was a lot of talks about divorce. Kurt did not want to tour or perform anymore. He was walking away from what Courtney's said was a $9.5 million contract to headline the Lollapalooza tour. That's a lot of money. Especially in the 90s. Oh, yeah. That's. Yeah. So Courtney was angry at Kurt for possible loss of all those millions. And her anger towards him wasn't swaying him one way or the other. So she tried to blame Kurt's attitude on his drug use. He was a heroin addict, but so was she. That breaks my heart. It happens. I know. It's the industry. I. Is it the industry or was it just his upbringing? Cause... I mean, he didn't have a terrible upbringing, but he definitely was a conflicted youth. Yeah. So. I mean, passing away at 27. Then again, he grew up in, like, Aberdeen, Washington. There's not a whole lot to do there, so. They do say that in areas where there's not a lot to do, and I know some people are like, oh, we live out in the country because it's safer for our kids. No, now your kids are bored. Yeah, so and they're looking to experiment with something. Like, they to, want some life. They they do say that that is going to leave them more open and susceptible to trying crazier mm-hmm. things because they're bored. Now I'm not I'm not judging on anybody who lives out in the woods and or no, in the country or not. whatever. Like you do you and what you think is best for your family. But I do know that that has been I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. I've heard those words of people being like, "Oh, you live out in the country, your kids are going to be more susceptible to fucking around and finding out." Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, blaming this all on his drug use, she decided to put together a tough love intervention. Teacup calling a pot black. Yes, when mostly all, almost all the people there were addicts to themselves. Oh, that's so. Really I really don't productive. know how you can have an intervention that way. It was just more of her manipulating. I'm going to apologize if you guys hear a grumbling and growling. We have a we have we an have audience, audience, and the dogs across out in the uh, not across. They're the neighbors, mm-hmm. and they're barking, and my dogs hear it, so they're kind of just like. Coda's over here like a. Anyways, March 26, 1994, Courtney left Seattle for the Peninsula Hotel in Beverly Hills. Okay. March 30th, Kurt and his best friend Dylan Carlson purchased a shotgun. Kurt told Dylan he was afraid of intruders at the house. Walking out on the tour, the Lollapalooza tour, was a business decision that would cost others a great big deal of money. So I wonder, has he gotten maybe like threats already and that's why he thought it was a good idea to get that like what made him what made him think that he had to protect himself well his guns had already been confiscated before 
Um, and I know that a lot of that was dealing with like CPS and drug use and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- if I remember correctly, I think he had purchased a lot previously because he felt like something was going to happen to him. Do you think that was just paranoia, paranoia from the drugs? I don't. That's just no. To- it could have been. That's just total speculating on my own part. I feel like I read it somewhere, but it, if it wasn't factual, I disregarded it. Okay. I just was curious as to, like, why he thought, like, intruders were going to come in and, like, you know, do something all because of a Lollapalooza, other than things maybe Courtney has said. Could be. And that created a paranoia. Courtney was definitely in his head a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. Anywho, the shotgun was a 20-gauge setup for light load, so it's normally what you buy f- for, like, home invasion, so yeah. it doesn't go through walls. Um Anyway, he took the shotgun to his house so it would be there when he got back home for rehab. So I guess this intervention worked. Well, that's good. He left Seattle to go to rehab center in Marina Del Rey, California, near L.A. Isn't that where she was? She was in Beverly Hills, so very close. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. April 1st, 13 phone calls were made to Kurt's rehab center from Courtney's hotel from the peninsula. But it was to, like, a patient's phone. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just, like, Kurt's room. And people kept just, like, disregarding her and hanging up on her. So she never actually spoke to Kurt that we know of. Right. That evening, Kurt left rehab later at 8.47 p.m. He called the Peninsula Hotel and left a message for Courtney. He said the message on the, or sorry, the message on the hotel log read, Elizabeth's phone number is blah, blah, blah. Who the hell is Elizabeth? I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't figure that one out. That's weird. Evidently, she knew who Elizabeth was. Courtney, however, never mentioned this message to the media. Of course not. She just said she hasn't heard from him. He disappeared. Kurt arrived in Seattle early Saturday morning, April 2nd, and was taken to his house on Lake Washington by a hired driver. Saturday night, Courtney paid a friend to plant a phony story with the Associated Press that she had overdosed on drugs and was in the hospital. That's shicey. Well, that's not something you fuck around and just make up. Well, she did it as hopes to get to Kurt. That maybe if she did this, Kurt would reach mm. out because he was worried about her. No, that's just... That's crazy psycho girlfriend. Like, I'm gonna hurt... She was crazy psycho yeah, girlfriend. I know. Or wife. Just like... Whatever. Ugh. It's disgusting. That's not how you get people's attention. Sunday, April 3rd, Courtney called Tom's office in Beverly Hills... She told him someone was trying to use her husband's credit card, and she wanted to find out who it was. That's so stupid. That is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, because you could easily just do that yourself. But as I'll tell you in a second, she kind of already did, and it involves into something else. So this woman's just shysty. Clearly. Tom took another investigator with him named Ben Klugman. They met Courtney at the Peninsula Hotel in Beverly Hills, and when they first approached this woman, it wasn't like a, hi, how you doing? Granted, they had already spoken over the phone, Mm -hmm. but the first meeting in person, the consultation, whatever you want to call it, her first words, if you leak this to the press, I'll sue the fuck out of you. That's just weird. Mm -hmm. That's... And evidently, she was just kind of, like, chilling in the hotel room in, like, the sheer, like, Teddy cami thing. They could see just right through. Not surprised. And, like, doped up not, with other people in the room. Not. Okay. Wait. There were other people in the room with her when she's talking to them about mm-hmm. how she is hiring them at, about usage of her husband's credit card. Mm-hmm. And she follows it with, if you do leak this, I'll sue the fuck out of you. How do you know... 
any of the other fuckers who are in the room with you who are probably doped up as well might not say something. Probably because they're doped up. And she's feeding them the dope. True. Courtney told them that her husband was Kurt Cobain and that he had just left a drug rehab. She said uh, that, or well, she said that she lied to the credit card company and had his credit card canceled. She wanted them uh, to call the credit card company and find out what activities were attempted on the canceled card. However, she did find out that Kurt bought two airline tickets, but she didn't know where they were like going to, what was the destination, or who they were for. Mm-hmm. She had first suggested to the two PIs that <clears throat> he bought the tickets to hang out with his friend Michael Stipe, who is the lead singer of R.E.M. Then she went into another story and said that maybe he was having an affair with Caitlin, his drug dealer, or, this is an important name to remember, because it comes up later, Kristen Paff, her bassist. Okay? Courtney told them that Kurt only had one credit card, and without that one card, he had no access to any money. She said Kurt didn't have any friends or anyone else that would loan him money. I could see him probably having friends that wouldn't loan him money, but I'm pretty sure he knows how to get to the bank. Not only that, he's a, a rock star. <laughs> like, anybody's going to loan him money. Right. Like, that's just, that whole point doesn't make sense. And no. He only had one credit card. Just the one. Just one. I find that hard to believe. Regardless, he is a massive rock star at this point. Like, he created the grunge world as it is. Correct. That she could never tap. No. With her filly hole. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I love that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, the PIs went on to question Courtney about Kurt's ability to get money for his needs. And her response was, the guy can't even catch a fucking cab by himself. Bitch. I hate that comment. I hate that comment so much. Fucking bitch. Like, if you're so concerned about him, why are you, like, degrading him? If you love him so much, yet you're going to degrade him like that. Yeah, like, what are you doing? He only has this one and only credit card. He has no friends because he's just a lowlife who can't even get a cab by himself. Or are you just acting this way because, like, you really feel like he's having this affair? I think someone's projecting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She can't hail a cab. So, (laughs) Courtney went on to tell them that she uh, planted... The phony story, uh, you know, that she had alleged that she had overdosed. She claimed the reason why she did it was to scare Kurt and get his attention, so he contacted her. So she admitted to this being a manipulation tactic. Oh, so she's a manipulator. Yes. Well, we already knew that. Yeah, I know. Later that afternoon, Courtney started rambling on in an angry rage about the $9.5 million that Kurt was walking away from. And this part really stood out to Tom because this is kind of where he got to know Courtney's personality. Wait, she complained to him, too, about that? hmm Yeah, this is all from Tom. Yeah. This is Tom Grant's point of view. That's yeah. it. She said, if he doesn't want the money, he ought to do it for his child, Francis. And then she went on to say it, that she'd do the Lollapalooza tour if Kurt didn't want to do it. But he had to let her know. I'm sure he did. But in another breath, she said that she was offered it first. Then why didn't you do it in the first place? Why are you that upset? She oh, wait, because you weren't. She gave it up for Kurt. Bullshit. There's no way that they fucking said, oh, yeah, we want hold to headline Lollapalooza instead of fucking Nirvana. 
Yeah, I know. Get the fuck out of here. Hole was not that good. No. like It still isn't that good. No, like I said, in our original take of this episode, like, the only time I think of her and her music is in the movie Hop. Mm-hmm. When Russell Brand is a bunny. <laughs> and I love that so much. I love Russell Brand. Um, but he's up there playing, like, it's supposed to be, like, a guitar hero, but um, with drums and he's, like, playing to this song. And I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. What is that? And he's, like, jamming out and having a good time. And I'm just like, wow, that song sounds really familiar. This is so crazy. And I just kind of moved on with my life. And then I heard it again because my kids love that movie. And I'm like, oh, that's whole. I'm like, oh, that's Courtney singing that song. I'm like, wow, that's how low it is that, that her music is on a children's, like, background <laughs> sound. To a video oh, game. Oh my gosh. Like I don't I don't know anybody who's like, man, I love Hole. No. No, I've never met anybody that said that. I'm, Most people I've met said fuck Courtney Love. Yeah, I don't know many people who like her. No. Gwen Stefani doesn't like her. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> okay, so she also went on to say that she'd do Saturday Night Live if he didn't want to because he canceled on that too as well. Like he was he was done. He was done done. He didn't want to do this anymore. I don't blame him. No, not especially with all of, like, he, like, you have to remember, too, he is being attacked by oh, the media for his music and his lyrics because they were different. Like, you know, the same way, like, us growing up in high school and, like, Eminem came out. Shit, I just did, too. Eminem came out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Eminem came out, and he got a lot of hate, too. Yeah, because he kills his wife all the time in his songs, and he beats his mom. Yeah, and... But here we are, 12 years old, singing that song. I'm sorry, mama. (laughs) Either way, they go through a lot. It's a lot of mental abuse. They do. And he was just done with it. He wasn't built for that. No, he wasn't. Honestly, in his best concert that you see him having the most fun, it's literally just him, his guitar, his bandmates on, like, a bar stool. The and tiny, that's what he said he liked a to tiny do. stage with a few people, mm-hmm. and you could tell when he's singing in those settings, he's content, he's yes. happy, he's just like it's like open mic night of poetry for him. Yeah, that's what he signed up for. He did not sign up with for all this media bullshit. Like he would have been totally stoked if it ended with everybody snapping at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she went on to say that Kurt wanted a divorce. Which she already knew this because Kurt had already left her a letter uh, that we'll discuss later that he wanted a divorce. He was done. He was done with her. He was done with the business. She did mention to Tom a prenup, but went on to say my name's on all the houses and the assets. This prenup was her idea. She did it because she thought she was protecting herself. She never knew Nirvana was going to get this big. Yeah, because they both weren't very big at the beginning when they started. How long were they married for? I don't even fucking know. It wasn't that long, I don't think. I'm going to find out. Go ahead and Google that while you keep talking. Yeah. Courtney said she didn't know for sure where Kurt was. She said he might be in Seattle or he may have flown back, back east to stay with Michael Stipe. She failed to mention initially that Kurt had been seen at their Lake Washington house on Saturday morning April 2nd by Callie. Michael DeWitt is his real name. And fun fact, that is her ex-boyfriend. But it was also the male nanny who was living at the Washington residence. And Callie later claimed he informed Courtney on Saturday, April 2nd, that Kurt had been to the house earlier that morning. 
And Callie said Kirk came into his bedroom and they had a short conversation. So just remember that. Mm-hmm. So that story contradicts later on. How so, long were they married? So supposedly. Or how long were they together? Well, I was going to say, there's going to have to be, like, apparently, according to this, they were only married for three years, but they were together for a very, for longer than that. Because they actually had, I think they had Francis. I'd have to dig in more, and I want to pay attention to more to what you're, what you're saying. You're good. But they had Francis before they got married. They probably got married. Because they got married shortly after she was born. Because she was born in 91. It probably was a ploy to and get they her got, back. Because I know they lost her for a while to CTPS. And, well, I guess she, she was born in 91, and I, I couldn't really tell, like I said. I didn't want to dig too much and try to... They were pretty much on again, off again for, for all of everything forever yeah but it sounds like their marriage was from 92 to 95 okay either way she was trying to protect herself with this prenup yes so courtney asked tom to find someone in seattle to watch the drug dealer's apartment and other locations in case kurt turned up but she didn't ask tom to watch the lake washington house the one place where we know kurt was seen which seems a little odd to me that is very odd and remember we're that was April 3rd. Keep that in mind. Yeah, because we're creeping up. Yep. Monday, April 4th, Tom met with Courtney again at the Peninsula Hotel. Courtney told Tom that she had called in a missing persons report pretending to be Kurt's mother, Wendy O'Connor. And I've seen the report. It does say Wendy's name on it, but she has admitted that it's her. That's weird. That's still weird. Why would you do that? Because that's so weird. They monitor the progress of the surveillance team in Seattle, and he continued working with the credit card company, trying to track the use of Kurt's credit card because someone was still attempting to use it. Yeah, probably that was canceled. Or it was her building another phony story. Maybe, yeah. Courtney advises them that Kurt only stays in the best hotels. They being calling the hotels from listings in Seattle phone book. At one time, they thought they had located him at a hotel under one of the names that Courtney had given him. That was a phony name that he used. And they notify Courtney and she asked them to watch the hotel in case Kurt might leave, but do not contact him. Okay. Courtney told them she didn't want Kurt to know that she was looking for him. But during an earlier phone conversation, Courtney told them Kurt was suicidal. Everyone thinks he's going to die. So why wouldn't you want anybody to contact him? Why wouldn't you send the cops to that hotel? That's what I'm saying. Like, if you know somebody's suicidal, you know somebody's going to harm themselves, you want somebody with them ASAP. Somebody you know who's going to get to them ASAP, like your boyfriend that's living in the house with you guys as your living nanny. Or did she put somebody in that hotel with that phony name? Probably. I think so. But that's just my opinion. Or there was nobody with that phony name in general. Well, no, they found somebody with the phony name. Somebody was in that motel or hotel, whatever, with that phony name. The PI found that? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, no, she probably, it was probably Callie or whatever. (laughs) The fact that the dude's name is Callie. I don't know why they called him Callie. His real name is Michael. After less than an hour. (laughs) After less than an hour, Courtney called Tom and said she talked to the person in the room and it wasn't Kurt. That's quick to come back on that. But I also think she got the sneaking suspicion that, like, Tom's going to figure it out. Like, you you hired a really good PI. Well, yeah, because they found the phony name that she claimed. And, of course, he's going to probably want to contact them. 
or like go reach out and you know nope that or it's so she not canceled a, that search. Maybe it's not a phony name that he actually uses. It's just it's a name she made up, and coincidentally, somebody lit has that real name. I think it was was like Bill something, but it was like something weird. It was like Bill Withers or something. I don't know. Uh, Wednesday, April six, Kurt had still not been located at the hotel. Later that afternoon, Tom volunteered to go to Seattle and search for Kurt. One of Courtney's friends was again there at the hotel, and she suggested to Courtney, why don't you go there, Courtney? And Courtney responded, I can't. I have business to take care of. You just said he's fucking suicidal. Your business is more important than his life? Yeah, he's supposed to be your husband. You're supposed to love him. You don't want a divorce. But now you're going to tell everybody he's suicidal, but your business is not that important even if you do want a divorce like still you still have love for that person you haven't gone through the divorce yet you still want the best for them where's your child yeah and then you're talking about for francis's sake on his behalf but what about francis's sake on your behalf but like i said again where is she in general they're all not with the male nanny and not with her because she's shooting up heroin and faking ods and whatnot but anyways we'll keep going Tom asked Courtney not to tell anyone he was coming because they might alert Kurt. She agreed, but later told Tom she had called Callie to tell him Tom was on the way to Seattle. This was odd to Tom because earlier she told Tom that she didn't trust Callie when, you know, Callie was like, yeah, he was here. Mm -hmm. But now she's claiming that he won't tell anybody. I trust him. See what I'm saying? It goes back and forth. She contradicts herself every Every, every other sentence. And this is why Tom was like, what the fuck's going on? Something's not right. Mm-hmm. Before Tom left the hotel, and this comment really pisses me off. Before he leaves the hotel to go to Seattle to look for Kurt, Courtney's dramatic comment was, save the American icon, Tom. I just feel like that's so... Snarky? Yeah, like, what? The, what? Like, she knew something that you don't know? Just, I don't know. Like, something about that just gives me chills. Remember, that was April 5th. Wednesday, April 6th, at 11.30 p.m., Tom picks up Kurt's best friend, Dylan Carlson, the one he bought the shotgun with, at his apartment. They went to a cafe where they ate and planned on a strategy for locating Kurt. So even Dylan, his friend, Mm -hmm. doesn't know where he is. No. That's weird. Now, see, that, that part's weird. We'll get there. Okay. Tom asked Dylan if he felt Kurt was suicidal. He replied, no, not at all. He's under a lot of pressure, but he's handling things pretty good. Mm -hmm. Tom asked Dylan if he's ever been told that the Rome incident was a suicide attempt, and he said, no, Kurt said it was just an accident. So to go into a little bit on the Rome incident, because this is where they're, like, connecting it, this was definitely a suicide because he tried to kill himself in Rome, too. Right. Which he didn't. On March 4th, 1994... Kurt was hospitalized in Rome following an overdose of fluazepam. I don't know. I can't pronounce it. Is that I'm not a doctor. Fluazepam? Yeah, something like that. I think that's a... I think it's like an anti... It's an anxiety medication. Yeah, anti-anxiety. And a lot of anxiety medications cannot be combined with alcohol. Yeah, it was that and alcohol. He had some, like, champagne. But... Courtney had admitted at the time to doctors that this was an oh, accident. Sorry. Totally. It was fluoraz- fluorazepam. Something like that. Okay. It is actually to, it's a sedative to help you sleep. So it definitely should not be mixed with medica- with alcohol. No, definitely not. It is a controlled substance and it can cause paranoia or suicidal ideations and impair memory judgments. 
definitely, it says, um, alcohol, avoid. Very serious interactions can occur. Well, Kurt found out the hard way. Uh, it sounds like it. <laughs> so, Courtney admitted at the time to doctors that it was an accident, but she told the media that Kurt was suicidal and that that night he had swallowed 60 pills. Keep in mind, this is also the same night that the other letter that was referred to mm-hmm. where he said he wanted a divorce and he didn't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. was presented to as well. Mm-hmm. She went on to tell the media that he had two family, family members that committed suicide and referred to it as the Cobain curse. And, you know, I remember hearing something about the Cobain curse when uh, in a, like a, a thing, a documentary about him. Well, they didn't commit suicide. Mm-hmm. It was tragic accidents. Uh, I won't go into it because yeah. two whole different stories. But they weren't suicides. They were right. just tragic accidents. And the doctors also confirmed that there was not 60 pills in, their, in Cobain's stomach. He would have died. Yes. He would have been dead. That They would not have been able to save him from Correct. that. Correct. And they confirmed, too, that they believed it was an accident as well. So she's just already starting shit. Yeah. All right. Back to the main events. Dylan went on to tell Tom that Kurt had been afraid of intruders at the house lately and that he wanted a shotgun for protection. So he said he helped Kurt buy a shotgun to have at the house when he returned from rehab. He said Kurt didn't want the shotgun registered in his name because the police had just confiscated all of his other guns. He didn't want them to know he had this one or they might, you know, take it away as well. Mm -hmm. After leaving the cafe, they checked out a drug dealer's apartment on Capitol Hill and several hotels on the Aurora Strip where Kurt had been known to stay from time to time. Now... Tom mentioned to Dylan that Courtney had told him that Kurt only stays at the best hotels. And Dylan was really confused by this. And he said, no, he doesn't. He usually stays in some pretty ratty places. Because mm-hmm. they would hang out for like two weeks at a time, shoot up heroin, eat potato chips, and, you know, drink soda. That's what they did. I want chips. I could go for a Dr. Pepper right now, especially after that coughing fit. <sighs> Dr. Pepper sounds so good. Oh, some whiskey. I want some Doritos. <laughs> I swear we don't have the munchies, y'all. No, I promise we don't. <laughs> While Dylan and Tom were driving around Seattle, Tom asked him if they should check with Kurt's mother in Aberdeen. And Dylan replied, no, Kurt wouldn't go there. He doesn't get along with his mom. So again, doesn't get along with his mom. Mom definitely did not call in the missing persons report. They don't mm. fucking talk. It was definitely Courtney, even though she already admitted to it. Yeah. But that's not what the media told you. Thursday morning, April 7th, 2.15 a.m., they went to the Lake Washington house. Tom waited in the car while Dylan walked up alone. Dylan came back to the car after at least five minutes saying no one was home. The Lake Washington house is the one house she said don't go to, even though that was the one he was spotted at. Correct. And he waited there five minutes to say nobody was home. Okay. So they went to a payphone, because remember, cell phones were a really big thing then. Right. And called Courtney. She was at Rosemary Carroll's house in L.A. Dylan talked with Courtney. Told Tom told him to have her call the alarm company and ask them to turn off the alarm so that way that they could enter the house without it setting off. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. They went back to the Lake Washington house. They gained access through an unlocked kitchen window. Mm-hmm. While they were searching the house, Dylan made the comment... I've never seen this house so clean before. A television was still on in one of the bedrooms upstairs and the bed was unmade. Dylan confirmed that this was Callie's room. So Callie was there. But the house was locked. Correct. Callie's not there anymore, but he had been there. So he was there 
But he left his TV on and locked up the house. Mm-hmm. Asshole. That electric bill, man. <laughs> they didn't find Kurt, obviously. Uh, Dylan didn't tell Tom about the room above the garage, and since it was dark and raining, Tom hadn't noticed it. This was that green room that we mentioned earlier, where mm-hmm. the electrician saw Kurt. Tom dropped Dylan off at his apartment, and Tom went back to the hotel. They got a little few hours of sleep. They went back to it the next morning and resumed their search. They spent most of the day on Thursday checking out some of Kurt's hangouts and talking to people who might know where he was. As the evening approached, they headed for the small town of Carnation, located about 30 miles east of Seattle, where him and Courtney had owned some cabins. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dylan was kind of confused in the dark. He couldn't really tell where the turnoff was. Uh, so they stopped at another payphone, and Dylan made a call. And when he returned to the car, he said Courtney's had some trouble. She got arrested, and she's in the hospital. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Dylan eventually got a hold of Courtney. And Courtney wanted them to go back to the Lake Washington house to look for the shotgun. She said it could be in a hidden compartment in her closet. And this is where I have issues. Because if Callie was in there, why wouldn't she just ask him? Wasn't the shotgun also purchased while she was gone? Yes. So how would she even know where it's at and that it was existence? That I do not know unless Dylan told her. Yeah, Dylan's coming across a little sketch too. Right? I have some sketch with Dylan. I feel like he is conflicted of who his loyalty lies with. Oh, trust me. Me too. 9.45 p.m., Dylan and Tom returned to the Lake Washington house. Inside, Tom found a note from Callie, which had been placed on the main stairway. And Tom knows it was not there before. Mm-hmm. He's a PI. He's going to pay attention to oh, it. Oh, his job is to pay attention to details. Yes. The note read, I can't believe you managed to be in the house without me noticing. You're a fucking asshole for not calling Courtney. Which is weird, because you admitted earlier to Courtney, and she admitted to Tom, that you spoke with Kurt for a brief instance in your bedroom. Yeah. That's a little odd. So, unless he's referencing, like, he came back another time. I I don't know. I doubt it. I think they're just junkies missing the holes in their stories, and now they're trying to cover shit up. Mm, That could be it, too. I I don't know the timeline of, like, when he said he saw him versus not. I don't know. But I get where Tom's coming from was in his, like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, absolutely. On Thursday afternoon, April 7th, Callie told friends he was leaving for L.A. Callie later claimed he was hardly at the house from Monday on. He said he wasn't staying at the house because Courtney kept calling and saying she knew Kurt was there. But if you were hardly there, how do you know he's she's calling all the time? That all just made no sense. Cause exactly. You, you apparently told her he was there, and then you're getting annoyed. She keeps calling, asking if he's there, and then you're also just not there at all. And if Courtney knew that Kurt was there, why wouldn't she insist they put surveillance on that house immediately instead? My thing is, too, is why is she so convinced or so concerned to find him? Like, like that. this is the weird, that's the weird part, now too. She's, but now she's only convinced to find him. In the beginning, she was not. In the beginning, she was having them go everywhere else but to where he actually had been seen. But the thing is, is like, why are you searching for him like that in the first place? Friday morning, April 8th, Kurt is found dead. Dylan and Tom were on their way back to the Carnation property since they could see now. They stopped for gas and Dylan got out to make a phone call. When he came back to the car, Dylan said a friend just told him a body was found at the Lake Washington house. So... They turned on the car radio because that was form of communication then. And that's when they heard that Kurt Cobain was found dead 
in the greenhouse above the garage. And according to Tom, Dylan had no reaction. That's your best friend. You had no reaction. Not even like a stun? Not just a like... According to Tom, it was no reaction. Like, basically, it was like, and the weather is sunny out today. And you're just kind of still sitting there like, oh, yeah. Yeah, basically that. Because, I mean, I can understand, like, being just, like, a stunned, just just frozen, just kind of sitting there like, did I hear what I think I just heard? I could see that. But is Dylan, did he already know? Is Dylan also a junkie? Yes, he is. See, I have, I have like, such mixed emotions about Dylan right now. Like, I see, I've, I'm very conflicted. And keep in I'm, mind, he's also the one that purchased the shotgun. He purchased the shotgun. I still don't understand how Courtney knew where it was at and why it was in a hidden compartment in her room, being that she wasn't fucking there the whole time. That's weird. Um, A lot of things are just weird. This, this mm-hmm. is just really, really weird. Well. And why didn't he mention the room above the garage? That's what I was about to say. When Tom heard that it was a greenhouse above the garage, he turned to Dylan and said, what's the greenhouse? Dylan told Tom it was a room above the garage, and he asked, why didn't you take me there? Dylan's response, it's just a dirty little room. I think they keep some lumber in there or something. It doesn't matter. What if he OD'd up there? You know? I mean, I don't know if he did drugs at his home. I'm sure he did, but... Well, even if he was known to hang out in there a lot... You know, as a best friend, wouldn't you go check there? I know if it was the situation with us, and I knew you hung out in your green room a lot, as you probably would, I would be go there first, right? Yeah. Or I would check every single room in the fucking house, no matter what. Right. That is really weird. This this is really weird. I don't like this puzzle. Mm -hmm. I quit. So. Carry on, though. (laughs) They soon learn from being there at the investigation and whatnot. That Kurt had been dead for at least two days. At least two days. So remember when I said go back to those dates and remember them? Hold on, hold on. Okay, so he was per- he was found dead on the 8th. Mm-hmm. But Tom got there on the 6th. Mm-hmm. But when, Dylan- when Courtney said, yes, now you can go look. Now you can go look. Go save the American icon. Yeah, but on the 5th, it was an issue. No, let's not do that because what was going down on the 5th? Right? Isn't this frustrating? So Tom called the Seattle homicide detectives and tried to tell them something was wrong. The detective told him Kurt was locked in the room by himself. He said the door was locked from the inside and the fire department had to break a window on the door to get in. And that Cobain had to have been alone in the greenhouse when he died. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. He had the door locked. How would anybody see inside that room then? Through the window. The electrician saw him through the window. And there was, like, this, like, doorway window thing where, like, you could add a stairwell, but there wasn't any stairs to it yet. So you couldn't enter from there. But Mm -hmm. if it's above, how did the electrician see him? He was installing security cameras. Oh, now they're going to get security cameras. Courtney had had ordered security cameras. Oh, now she did. Mm -hmm. Oh, how funny. Yeah. How fucking funny. Oh, my gosh. Tom spoke to Courtney on the phone that afternoon. She wasn't at all upset, and she wasn't even upset with Tom that they haven't even found Kurt. Because if, you know, in my opinion, if Tom had just done his fucking job, you would have found my husband before he murked himself. Right? No, that wasn't a conversation. She acted as if she thought Kurt died the night before. 
Courtney tried to get Tom to talk to the press. Tom told her he didn't want to say anything until he found out more about what was happening, which that's fishy as hell. She instantly wanted him to release a comment to the press. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, we need to investigate this. Mm-hmm. This is, we have to look into the Correct. what happened. And she's just like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Yep. That the same thing she always does. Just go straight to the press. Because they'll confuse everybody. They'll believe whatever the press says. Oh, I'm so angry right now. Tom left Seattle and flew back to L.A. Wednesday, April 13th, Tom met with Courtney's uh, entertainment attorney, Rosemary Carroll, who was also Kurt's um, entertainment attorney. They had a pretty close relationship with her, too, and is even actually the godmother of Francis. Mm. She indicated that she was suspicious about Courtney's involvement in Kurt's death. Oh. She said he wasn't suicidal. Oh, so that's number two. Correct. See, and that's the weird thing, too, for Dylan to be like, no, he's not suicidal. Yeah, yeah, he's dealing with some shit, but he's handling it. But then for him to be so sketchy at the same time. Because he was trying to throw out the tracks. I honestly believe he's involved somewhere. Because even at one point in time, I didn't put this in my notes, when he's confronted by Tom and says he just wants to sit down with everybody and talk to everybody, Courtney had fucking Dylan go shoot up beforehand. And the dude couldn't even get, like, two words out. And Tom was just like, why the fuck did you do that? You're wasting my time. And Courtney's kind of response is, well, you're still getting paid, right? So Tom wanted to have a sit down mm-hmm. and talk with everybody. And mm-hmm. Courtney made Dylan shoot up first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they having an affair? They could have been. I don't know. Carry on. Rosemary went on to tell um, them that that Courtney had called her a couple weeks ago and asked to find the meanest, most vicious divorce lawyer. That was Courtney's request to her entertainment attorney. Courtney also asked Rosemary if the prenup agreement could be voided. She was worried about this prenup. Rosemary then told Tom that Kurt had also called during that same time period and that Kurt hadn't completed his will yet and he told Rosemary he wanted Courtney taken out of it. Rosemary indicated that she was disturbed at somewhat suspicious that Courtney wouldn't let her or anyone else see the supposed suicide note that was left at the crime scene. Tom mentioned to Rosemary that Courtney said she couldn't go to Seattle herself because she had business in L.A. This is her entertainment attorney. Mm -hmm. Her response is she doesn't fucking have any business in L.A. So her attorney is 100% like this is fucking sketch. Mm -hmm. During the meeting, Rosemary also told Tom that on Thursday morning while Courtney was on the phone, uh, was at her house talking to Dylan Carlson on the phone, she overheard Courtney say, be sure and check the greenhouse. Don't know what that means, but that's what Rosemary overheard. Uh-huh. So, we now know that after talking to Dylan on the phone Thursday morning, the 7th, Courtney left Rosemary Carroll's house and went back to the Peninsula Hotel. A short while later, she called 911. First reports have Courtney overdosing again. She was later arrested. Rosemary has since shown Tom evidence that Courtney's arrest may have been another phony case. The one that Dylan says that she was arrested and... Mm-hmm, where she talked to Dylan. Suspicious? Absolutely. I'm so angry <laughs> right now. Like They concluded their meeting. Uh, they both agreed that it would be best for Tom to return to Seattle to, you know, continue the investigation. And 
She was adamant that Courtney should not be told of the private discussions that they were having regarding the suspicious circumstances and events around Kurt's supposed suicide. I will go on to note that after she learned that Tom records everything, because that's what he does, he's a PI, and she knew that he was recording his conversations, she told him to stop everything and um, attacked him with a lawsuit. Courtney did? No. Rosemary did. Because she was afraid of, remember, Francis is her godchild, and she's also afraid what Courtney could do to her. So. Yeah, that's the only thing that about this whole story that upsets me. 6.30 p.m., Tom flew back to Seattle and checked into the hotel. The next day, he went to Lake Washington House. A security guard at the house let him in, and he found Courtney sitting at the dining room table. As he approached and sat down to talk to her, she said, I guess I really found the right P.I. this time. This time? But it's another snarky comment. Like, she's making, like, to me, I took that as, like, well, you know, you know what I did. I hired the right guy. I hired somebody too good. Somebody that's better than me. I couldn't keep up with my own fucking story. Nope. You couldn't. But. And I think that's what she's referring to. But that was her comment. But this time. Like, Mm -hmm. how many PIs have you fucking hired? I don't know. I couldn't find anything on that. But I did hear Courtney say that on recording. So it's not like Tom's lying or made any of this up. Right. Because, like you said, he records stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Later, Tom learned Courtney called electrical contractors on Wednesday, April 6th, before Tom had agreed to fly to Seattle and instructed them to begin work on the lights and motion detector on the greenhouse. April 15th, one week later, after Kurt's body was found, Tom went to the Seattle police station and met with Sergeant Cameron, the lead homicide investigator. Items discussed with Sergeant Cameron included numerous numerous inconsistencies and contradictions in logic, obviously. The missing credit card and the continued activity on the card, even after Kurt's death. The fact that Courtney told Dylan to check the greenhouse, and yet he didn't tell Tom about the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. The letter on the stairs from Callie that seemed phony. Document examiners saying that Courtney wrote the letter on the stairs. However, Tom did go back to research that I found out and realized that uh, she did not write that letter. Well, It was confirmed she didn't. Well, she was in L.A., Correct. So she couldn't have wrote the letter. No. And that's the funny thing. She had business in L.A. Yeah, is to make sure she's not the main suspect of her husband's death. She just had everybody doing her dirty deeds for her. Oh. Like, always. Yeah. Uh, Doubts about Kurt's handwriting on the so-called suicide note, especially at the bottom portion, which I will address later. The electrician's statement about Kurt's hair appearing to have been combed. So when he found Kurt, he said that his hair was very combed out, very neat, that just could have been a perspective doesn't mean anything. So I didn't add it into my notes. Mm. This is just notes of what he talked to the sergeant about. Mm-hmm. Courtney's motives for possible involvement in Kurt's death. She'd get more money from a suicide than from a divorce. With a suicide, Courtney would inherit and control the entire Cobain and Nirvana estate. Yep. Because... The entire Nirvana estate. Yeah. If Kurt divorced her she'd have to settle for half at best yeah and i'll tell you what she walked away with over a billion dollars when his when it was the supposed suicide yeah because she got an the entire nirvana estate Mm -hmm. not just a divorce yep and not only that kurt's record sales would increase 
leaving Courtney with even more income. Well, of course, a dead artist is always more famous than a live one. Yep. And then this was Tom's final sign-off to the sergeant that I had to put in here that he spoke to him about because this just resonated with me. He said, based on what I've learned about her personality, Kurt's death and the plasticity that it generated would help Courtney launch her own career. Because she was not that big of a deal. No, she was But this would make her a big deal. Yeah, she's now the widow of the major rock star. Mm -hmm. And also now a single mama. Correct. Who's struggling. We're almost to the end, guys. Just bear with me. I've got just a little bit more for you. (laughs) Tom asked Sergeant Cameron why he told him the door was locked from the inside pointing out the lock was a simple push in and twist type because tom was able member afterwards to go up to the greenhouse anyone could have pulled that door shut after locking it oh yeah sergeant cameron's response was there was a stool wedged up against the door but there's windows we'll get to the back to the stool when tom asked sergeant cameron if he could look at the photographs to see why the electrical supervisor thought kurt's hair had been combed he responded We haven't developed the photographs and probably never will. We don't develop photographs on suicides. Oh, wow. Why take pictures then? I don't know. Seems all like a big lie. Maybe somebody's been paid off. Who knows? Of course. You know, somebody who just got a billion dollars. Sergeant Cameron informed Tom, nothing you've said convinces me this is anything but a suicide. And that ended the meeting. What? Oh, my gosh. Yep. May 18, 1994, Tom sent Courtney a letter indicating his suspicions about Kurt's death. I included a few lines out of this letter. I'm not going to put the whole letter in here, but three parts that I thought were very important was, I consider the circumstances surrounding your husband's death to be highly suspicious. My investigation has exposed a number of inconsistencies in the facts of this case. Next one. I've decided to continue working on this case until I see it to its conclusion without additional charge. And last but not least, as I pursue pursue the truth regarding the events surrounding your husband's death, your cooperation and assistance will be appreciated, but is not required. And that was kind of his final statements to he her. He told her he's going to keep investigating this with or without her money because mm-hmm. he is so dead certain that it is foul play. Correct. So here's my conclusion to the whole thing. All right. And there'll be the end of it. And you can decide what you want. The stool Sergeant Cameron was referring to that was wedged against the entrance was actually just sitting in front of an unlocked balcony doors that I mentioned earlier that were just kind of there um, that had no stairwell on the other side. They weren't wedged in front of the other doors. But it was unlocked. Mm -hmm. So the one door to get inside was locked. Yes. But But there's no stairwell. Keep that in mind. Doesn't matter. There's ladders. Mm -hmm. Correct. But it was unlocked. But exactly. And there is proof of that from the um, the EMT when they showed up. They said the stool was not wedged up against the door. It was on the other side of the room in front of the other set of doors that were unlocked. Yeah. Please carry on. As mentioned, the entrance door to the greenhouse had a push and twist lock. Anyone could have locked it and pulled it shut as they left. So Kurt was not barricaded in the room as the police had indicated to, to the media. Okay? Okay. So I'm addressing everything that I found in the media's notes. Kurt's driver's license had been removed and placed in front of his wallet for a photograph by an officer on scene. The media stated that Kurt had pulled it out as a way to identify himself when his body was found. That is not true. An officer pulled it out to identify him and left it on top of the wallet. Okay. 
The first officers on the scene had taken 23 Polaroids. Wait, but he just said something about getting photos developed. Correct. There was photos that Tom could have seen that they did not give to him. There was no need for development because if you guys know, Polaroid is an instant photo. You just got to shake it a little bit. Like the song. Yes. The canceled credit card that the media states was in Kurt's possession was not in his possession. Where was it? We don't know. Oh, how funny. Mm -hmm. There was no attempt in any of the reports to explain the missing credit card, yet the case was completely closed. That's bothersome. The police immediately concluded suicide without investigating Kurt's death as a homicide. They immediately released to the press that Kurt Cobain had committed suicide and that a suicide note was left behind. That they waited like no time to immediately release that to the media. That's just complete, complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. And then also there are reports to back this up. At least five people, including the Seattle PD, have been to the Lake Washington house searching for Kurt during daylight hours and no one saw him dead in the greenhouse. Meaning that 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 room was searched at one point. Or they said they searched it and they didn't because somebody could have been still paid off. I mean, she's inheriting over a billion dollars. The shotgun found at the scene was purchased before Kurt left for rehab in L.A., not after he fled the rehab, as the media has been reported. Yeah, because that's what you said in the beginning, that him and Dylan bought it so that it's there when he gets back. Mm -hmm. But the media says that he purchased it afterwards, and that is a false statement. Yeah. And that's why I'm going through all this conclusion stuff, because this is all the facts. Mm -hmm. The shotgun was fully loaded with three shells. It was purchased loaded for protection, not suicide. The police claim there was no legible fingerprints on this shotgun. The truth is the shotgun wasn't even checked for fingerprints until May 6th, almost a month after his body was discovered. Uh-huh. The position, and you referenced this earlier. Yeah. The position of the shotgun was found upside down in Kurt's lap with his left hand gripped around the barrel from rigor mortis. Like it was tight. Yeah. The spent shell was disposed to the left of Kurt's body, which... I don't know if a lot of y'all know anything about shotguns. This is impossible. Impossible for it to end up over on the left side. It should have been on the right side yeah. when it discharged, if it's upside down. Mm-hmm. Unless, by a miracle of some sorts, it popped off and hit something and then flung all the way back around to the other side of the room. But if you look at the photos, the crime scene photos, there's nothing in the way for it to hit. So that didn't fucking happen. No. The note that I referenced earlier. But not just that. The gun's upside down. That makes it even more impossible for him to shoot it himself if you Correct. understand how shotguns work. Correct. And again, like we said, it's he's not a large man. He is small. He's very small. He's Like the that alone. The, no, it's not possible. There's no way. No freaking way. It was upside down on him. Upside down. If he would have, even if he, if, even and if it, he did it. He held it like that dying because rigor mortis is that they, it's sat there he was gripping it his dead hand the note found at this at the scene by police was immediately labeled as a suicide note the police report states it was apparently written by kurt to his wife and daughter explaining why he had killed himself but the note was not addressed to kurt's wife and daughter and it says nothing about killing himself the note was addressed to buddha which was kurt's childhood imaginary friend 
and it was clearly written to uh, Cobain's fans telling them he was quitting the music business. If you guys have time to read this note, go fucking read it. It's nothing about suicide. There was a short footnote, just a short little footnote, and it was to Courtney and Francis, and the handwriting contained in those lines had been questioned by several handwriting experts, because in those lines, you can tell somebody else wrote that fucking footnote. They took something he had already written and added something to it. Mm-hmm. It does not match the rest. Courtney was in possession of a second note after Kurt's body was found that she didn't tell anyone about. The second note until several months later when she, information about it slipped out during an interview with Rolling Stone magazine. That's really the only reason why we know about that other note. What other note? The one that he said where he was living, leaving her. Oh... The second note, the one that Courtney kept in secret, clearly defines the first note, which was found at the scene of Kurt's death. The second note from Kurt plainly states he was leaving Courtney and was leaving Seattle. He was not leaving the planet. So in that first note, if we still had it, but supposedly Courtney was told to burn it. Bur- by who? Authorities. Because they didn't need it. Bullshit. Exactly. Bullshit. A bullshit. <laughs> but. He said he was leaving her and that he was leaving the business. Yeah. Not leaving the planet. No. Oh, gosh. I'm so pissed off right Cobain now. was injected with three times a lethal dose of black tar heroin. Ugh. Three times. Ugh. I looked at the toxicology report. So they... Whoa, 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 whoa. <clears throat> they did do a toxicology report on him. hmm And... This is why this is now kind of coming up that people are like, oh, this case is being reopened. It's not being reopened. I wish it would because there is a new DA, but I don't think it will. The reason why it's brought been back brought up to surface is because Tom Grant released the toxicology record, reports on his Twitter because they were now released to the public for the first time since the suicide. 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, sorry. That's no, 30. Over, yeah, that's over 30. 30. <clears throat> we're coming up on his anniversary. 30 years later. So... His blood level, the morphine level, heroin, 1.52 milligrams per liter. That would require a minimum injection of 225 milligrams of heroin. Three times a lethal dose, a normal dose for even a hardcore heroin addict is between 40 to 60 milligrams. Not only that, the drugs diazepam and something else that I just realized I didn't put in my notes were also (laughs) found in Cobain's blood system. He was drugged. Yes. There is no way he could have had that much heroin in his body and, and then, then picked up that. cohesively picked up in a shotgun and, and killed himself. Correct. With it being upside down, because there's no way it would even land upside down with as heavy and big as a shotgun is. If he would have shot himself, it would have just plopped. Correct. If it would have been upside down, it would have been off to the side upside down because it rolled. Mm-hmm. It's just... It would not have landed in his lap upside down. That's the part that gets me, too, is the fact that it was fucking upside down. This this is irritating because there's so much evidence to prove that it was a homicide versus a suicide. He was murdered. The Francis, official verdict. I'm so sorry, honey. Yeah. The official verdict of suicide was simply a rush to judgment, which eventually pushed the authorities into a corner. As there was so many reports after this of copycat suicides. And this is so sad. And if they would have just investigated, maybe we wouldn't have had these. But following Kurt's death, 68 people committed suicide copycats. 
They followed him. Mm -hmm. That is so sad. Oh, my gosh. All right. Just a few more bullet points, guys. I know this is a long episode, but these ones are really going to piss you off. Oh, great. I'm already mad, so bring it. Authorities allow Kurt's body to be cremated just six days after having been discovered. Authorities gave Courtney back the shotgun for herself to melt down. Why would she be allowed to melt that down? It wasn't her gun. I don't know. No, technically it was Dylan's. Authorities allowed for the greenhouse to be torn down and destroyed. Quick, let's get rid of all the evidence, guys. And last but not least, June 15th, 1994, just months after Kurt's death, Kristen Path, the bass player for Courtney's band Hole, died of an alleged drug overdose. Her body was found in the bathtub inside the bathroom of her Seattle apartment. Kristen was also leaving Seattle and Courtney when she ended up dead. She had a U-Haul trailer all packed and loaded. She was leaving the next morning going to Minneapolis. No, she didn't. Yes. No, she didn't. Yes. No. Yep. And that's she... why I said remember her name. Well, that sounds a lot like Aaron Carter's situation, too. Yeah. Who was uh, getting ready to move into... Shit. Who was getting ready to move into his house with his baby and his mom, baby mama. Because, you know, he got himself all clean. And then, coincidentally, is an overdose in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But with that, I'm going to leave you my favorite Kurt Cobain coat. Dreaming of the person you want to be is wasting the person you already are. And I hope that resonates with every single fucking one of you. Don't waste your time trying to be somebody else. Be you. You will thrive as you, not as somebody else. Absolutely. I was, my grandpa and my mom always said, be true to yourself. Those who love you will follow. Mm -hmm. If they don't, they were never meant for you. And Kurt kind of spent his, you know, whole career saying kind of the same things. He was a really good guy. Not what the media portrayed most of the time. No. I, I, he was a fantastic individual. I love him. I yeah. love his music. I, I'm i sad that I actually was not old enough to truly appreciate it in the moment. Um, because he was already dead by the time I really was able to appreciate it. Uh, but I fucking appreciate it now. Love it. Love him. Yeah. And there are, it is kind of upsetting a little bit that people be like, oh, he's dead? And it's like, he's been dead for a long time. His death was a tragic it like, was a, tale. Like, it was big. Huge. I remember hearing I, about it for years and years and years and years and years, especially for, you know, anything that might have happened that Courtney, you know, honestly, even with this situation, she still never got famous. No, not really. Like, that's still... But she, but she didn't need to now. She inherited more than the, than she knows what to do with. No. Well, maybe not, because, she, you know, she probably definitely paid off a lot of people. Well, that's had, my own opinion, but... Yeah, she probably had to pay a lot of people off. And it's it's just... That man was murdered. He was murdered. Absolutely murdered. It might not have been Courtney, but it was somebody she, she knew of it. I have a feeling it was Dylan, unfortunately. I'm starting to think that now, too, and that breaks my heart because that was supposed to be his friend. Mm -hmm. But she even said he ain't got a fucking friend that'll help him. Yep. Which, oh, my gosh, that just clicked in my head. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. And he went and helped him buy it. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. That's the story he tells. No, I believe he probably went and bought it with him. I mean, if they talked to the guy whoever was, you know, sold it to them. I don't know if they ever did or not. 
Hopefully there would be evidence of Kurt being there as well. But who knows? See, and that's the part that I thought was really weird, though, is why he was so concerned for um, intruders. Like, what made him think that that's something he had to protect himself against? I don't know. I know the media portrayed that he was really worried about it. Right. And that he was the one that scheduled this install of, like, the security cameras and whatnot. Um when all along it was actually Courtney, and I don't know if she just fed them all this bullshit, just right. like the rest of the bullshit that the media has spewed. Oh my gosh, this is just... But these are the facts. There's witness testimony that prove Tom Grant's story. Right. There's documents that prove it, and that's why I trust his point of view versus what I read in the media and what I got from other podcasts, and that's why I decided to share it. Well, he also has video, like audio recordings yes. of people That's saying things, you. right? Go watch Soaked in Bleach. You won't regret it. I'm sorry, Francis. That's the one thing that did break my heart about having this conversation. We have gone back and forth on this idea, mm-hmm. and my heart held back for Francis's t- sake. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I watched an interview of her talking about it, and her dad's still a fucking legend to this day. Where she said, like, I can't go anywhere without him being there Mm -hmm. and she's like sometimes it's great and other times it's it hurts it's hard Mm -hmm. because i mean she was a baby yeah and she doesn't know him but she knows what the media says she knows what her mom says and that's what she says sometimes is great about it where she can go around and she hears his music because everybody just still fucking loves him and she said that that makes her happy because that she can hear his voice always yeah. But it hurts because she doesn't know him. Yeah, she didn't get to know that person. Yeah. Well, Francis, being you have a sexy dad. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Francis. Not that she's ever going to hear this. And if she does, I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe she can get her dad some justice. Maybe she can. Maybe. I doubt there ever will be. She's got some deep pockets. That or maybe she knows. No, I'm talking about Courtney has deep pockets. Oh, no, I'm saying maybe Frances knows. Maybe she does know. And her fear for her own life, she keeps her mouth shut. Maybe. I doubt it. I think she just chooses to ignore it, because who wants to, like, investigate their own mother? Who Or the death of their father. Yeah. You know, after a while, you do. You just want to kind of... Ignore it. Put That's it, what I would do. Put it to rest. Yeah. She's done. Yep. Just let him be the, the... Let him be the dead legend. She knows, I'm sure, her mom's psycho. Yeah. And the, it's all over the new. It's all you look Courtney Love up, and you will see a hot fucking She's mess. Always been known to be this erratic, hot fucking mess. mess. That's a fucking twat, and I can't fucking stand her. And now it really irks me because I know every time, because I have Spotify. Every time I listen to Nirvana, those few little scents from that song that I'm listening to are going to her. Oh, why did you have to tell me that? That's so true. Every Nirvana CD I buy, T-shirt, whatever it may be, it goes back to her. Honestly, I feel like I should have gone to Francis. But because they were married tech- when it happened, I guess yes, it does. Yes, she still owns the estate until she dies. And then it will go to Francis. So Francis gets nothing? No. Mm-mm. Not unless, you know, Kurt stated otherwise in his will, which I doubt. Which I'm sure Courtney manipulated that as well. I was going to say, I feel like Frances should definitely be getting something. It's her dad. Well, she will when Courtney dies. Damn it, Johnny. Johnny Depp saved her. Mm -hmm. Outside the Viper Room. Because he's a good man. 
Oh, I gotta put this. I can't even right now. We already kept them long enough. I'm angry. I don't want to make myself even more mad. I will still listen to Nirvana. It was actually really funny because uh, Angel's talent show last year. Um, there's two boys, two, two groups of two boys, and one of them did a Red Hot Chili Pepper song, <laughs> and the other one did um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm, of course, I'm jamming along. Like, this is fucking awesome. And then I like dawned on me. I'm like, oh, gosh, is this what it was like when like we were kids and our parents heard us listening to like the music that they grew up on? (laughs) I'm like, oh, my gosh, is this because then I had to look up when these songs came out for Mm -hmm. 91 and 94. Mm -hmm. And we were just babies then. Right. I'm just like, oh my gosh, why are you guys jamming to this? To them, this is like old school rock. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I felt really old. We are old. I know. But it was just funny. So it was great. It was great to see these two group of kids, I mean, jamming to the two songs. Um, Forever going to love Nirvana. Forever. I mean, I listen to them all the time on my Spotify. My kids know all their songs just as much as I do. Yeah, well, I have, I have like, all of their CDs. I've already paid for them. Courtney's already gotten the money. If I want to listen to them, I will probably just put them onto my phone for my laptop. I don't think I will continue to keep downloading them from Spotify. I can't give her any more of my money. Does it re-download every time you play them? Mm-hmm. They get cents for each download. For every time you listen to the song. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck. Yeah. Well, there goes that, guys. Well, thanks. Thanks for pissing me off tonight. You're welcome. I see to do that almost every time. <laughs> you have been lately. It's just been the, the way that this this show has been going. Yeah, this okay. year we're just exposing some stuff. Like, we we said when in our New Year's, yeah. we're coming hard, guys. We're coming out. We're, we're uh... We're going to sell the tooth. We'll lend some shit out. Yeah. Maybe because we're, you know, aggravated in our own lives. I don't know. Angry at the world. (laughs) Angry to shit. Angry at the world. Well, it's not going to shit. It's just brought to our attention now. It's always been shit. Eh, It's getting worse. No, it's not. It's always been shit. It's just now because we have the news outlet in the palm of our hand every day, we get to know about it in real time. More people are being exposed now. Yeah, because you can know about it in real time. No, true. Thanks to social media and all the other types of bullshit that are on our phones, we are watching things happen now in real time. Yeah, but that also being said, I think because we have those devices in our hand is why also so many people are being exposed now, too. Which they deserve. Because we'll be able to find the truth faster. Yeah, because... Which beforehand we didn't. We relied on the media. Oh, we still are. Well, yeah. But that's Most neither here us. nor there. Let us know what you guys think on on the on the medias. Yeah. Come join us on the bullshit <laughs> social medias of TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. I mean, we're not very active there lately, but we really will be working on that. Maybe. Especially this one, I'd like to get some input on some people's um, thoughts. And also the last episode um, with the Crumleys and what yeah. you all think about that. That Absolutely. definitely needs to be addressed. I want to know some some thoughts and opinions from everybody on that one as well. So make sure you guys go like, follow, subscribe, share, hit the fucking bell. I don't know what date is Tell that you neighbor. guys are listening to this shit right now. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about Technical that. Technical difficulties. But if you're on the social medias, you'd know that, hey, we had this problem. Bear with us. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.